before we open God's word, let's bow. O thou holy one, thou art gracious one, that doest marvelous things, dear Father. And as thou hast fed with five loaves and two fish a multitude, it is nothing really by comparison thou art able also to feed us again some morsel this evening, this afternoon hour, O Lord, to strengthen our faith, to encourage us, and to, that we may rejoice in the good news that we are still allowed to proclaim. We thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Philippians chapter 2. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. I've read to verse 13. This portion of the scripture starts out as if it were a question. Is there any consolation in Christ? Is there any comfort of love? If any fellowship of the Spirit? If any bowel of mercy? If this is asking us, and of course we need to affirm, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And therefore we need to act as is. Fulfill ye my joy that I be like-minded. In order to be like-minded, it's not a matter of just getting together and, and see how we can negotiate something as the world does. No. The world gets together 
wants to accomplish something. They talk about peace, and they get together, and the one that has the most power, he makes the hardest demands. And then even when they agree on something, they don't feel bound by it. They keep it and point to it as long as they can keep the other party <clears throat> at, at it. Not so. It's not our mind, because we can have different things. We seek, as it says later on, the mind of Christ. What did Jesus Christ say? What did he do? What would he do? That's where we meet together. If we all seek the mind of Christ, then we will be of one mind in him. And that's the important thing. That's the important thing. Like-minded, having the same love again. It's not a love which uh, the world defines, and that word is so much misused in our days. What they really mean, love has come to mean lust, desire for things. That's what the meaning has come to be in the world. Love, again, we go back to Christ. What is the definition of love? And we see it in 1 Corinthians 13, a selfless love, a love which man is not able to come up with by himself. It is given to him in the person of Jesus Christ. The scripture says that God shed his love into our hearts. And because he loved us, because he shed his love into our hearts, uh, then are we empowered, if we want to, also to love others. That's the kind of love. Having the same love, the love of Christ, and being of one accord. To be, that word is perhaps not used much, but remember when, when, the, when the disciples were together uh, at the day of Pentecost, it says they were together in one accord. You know, that the same mind, the same fear of God, they were all together of one accord, you know, in agreement. Not just together in body, but also in agreement with mind. <clears throat> being one of one mind. And then the advice that we are being given, whatever is done, whatever is done, let it not be done with strife of vainglory. We have different personalities. Some of us are the doers, others are the followers. Our temperaments are different. Some, they are more long-suffering, more patient. Others, they're more restless. Christ, I just read it before service, he has placed us where he wants us. And we are, in many ways, different in our personalities and so forth. And somebody has an idea which he thinks is good, and he thinks it through, and he wants that it should be adopted by the church. And there may others agree with him, but others may not be ready for it. No. And the advice is, let nothing be done with strife or vainglory. No. Esteeming one another, waiting for one another, being patient with one another, hearing out each other. No. And then when it can't be done without strife or vainglory, then the blessing of the Lord is on it. No. It's so important. In the past, it has happened so often where brethren which meant well which wanted to, 
to do what's right for the kingdom of God. But because they were not patient, because they were not waiting on one another, and things were not ready to move ahead without strife, there was strife. And sometimes those strifes ended up in splits. It's sad to say, the soul that testified last night that has been quite a time around, I remember her from being a young girl that gives away my age, but when she mentioned their testimony, and then they were there, and then there was a split. They moved somewhere else, they were there for a while, and then there was a split. That shows me that there was strife and vainglory. We gotta wait, we gotta be patient with each other, that we can come, have the opportunity, and to come to one mind in Christ. It's, if, if we want something to be done for the Lord, first of all, let's do it at our knees. To have the grace to bear with one another, to esteem one another, to hear out one another, so that they are willing to listen, wait on each other. And then when the time is right and we can agree and it can be done peacefully without strife, the Lord's blessing is on it. That's how his church is built up. And we, in the process, will have grown in faith, in love, in understanding. Let nothing be done to strive of vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let esteem others better than themselves. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to esteem one if you love them. It's easier. But it can take an effort to esteem one another, especially when we feel we are in the right. Especially when we think that the other one is causing problems. And yet we are to esteem him for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. If we find heart in our dealings with our fellow man, especially with our brothers and sisters, let's think about Christ. How it must have grieved him when, when, when his disciples squabbled among themselves. No. We read this morning when he, he knew on, on, the, on, on that last supper that he had with them what was ahead of them. And his disciples were squabbling as to who was going to be the greatest. Who was being it? it it's a, a worldly attitude. Though. People want to be great. And those that are great in the world, they look up to them. They listen to them and so forth. No. Not so with Christ. Christ has called us to service, to service in the kingdom. And then he gives us an example of Jesus Christ. He says, <clears throat> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. He was equal with God. But he taught that not something that he should hold on but as it was agreed in the Trinity that there should be a plan of salvation for the fallen race, you know, he was willing to become man. He was willing to become man. And because he became man and was found to be in fashion of a man, fully man, he humbled himself because he behooved himself as man to humble himself. Humble himself. And the way he humbled himself so much, from, we consider from where he came from, just even to death at the cross, even to take our filth, our sins, our trespasses on himself, 
willing to accept it, how much more could he have humbled himself? He humbled himself to the extreme because he was man. Man appointed by the Trinity, by God, that he should be the savior of the world. He should be the sacrifice. He should be the recipient of all our sins and guilt so that God could judge sin on him and thereby justify man. It may be hard to grasp, to understand, but that's what the scripture tells us, that he laid all our iniquity on him and he judged him, forsook him even for a moment at the cross. Because he was man, he accepted all of that. And therefore God had highly exalted him to give him a name which is above every name. Now this is as man. Didn't he have all the glory when he was with the Father? Didn't didn't they have a perfect union, a perfect fellowship, a perfect love among themselves? Didn't they have that all there? But now as man, humbling himself, as man, God lifted him up and gave him a name above every name. The man, Jesus Christ. Because he saw the benefit, it says he despised shame. He didn't count even the suffering to be worth for the glory that should be followed, for receiving many of the brethren unto his glory. This is what God had in mind. And that's being offered unto us. That's being offered unto us. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the air, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God the Father. Worship. He is being worshipped and will be worshipped by every knee that shall bow before him even those that refuse, even those that provoke him, even those that deny God, even those that make a mockery of it and make fun of those that are followers of Christ. And who knows when the time shall come again when there shall be open persecution, even in this country. God knows. If the beginning of the church suffered great persecution, why should not the end of it too? And the Lord will return. And the Lord will return. <clears throat> Our inclination, as long as we are in this body, we are going to be tempted. This body is going to be used to be tempted, but we have to live with it. We have to live with it. The Bible says we have to subject it. For the things that we know, the truth that we know better to follow to make our decision according to this, not our inclination that gives us comfort and pleasure to our earthly body. And though we are weak in this, and we better recognize that and don't forget it, that we remember that it is God that both wills and to do's. Yes, we choose but God gives us the strength to really want it and gives us all the power to do it. That's why it says, it is, for 
for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And do all things without murmuring and disputing, was the following verse. We have a tendency, and I must admit, I have that temptation too of complaining that the government is not doing this right or this or that, or this should be done in church and this has not been done and so forth. You know, this is a temptation too. Do what you can do and give glory to God that he gave you the power to do it. And remember that you need his guidance, you need his empowering, you need even his encouragement, because we are tempted. And as long as we are in this body, we are tempted. And only Jesus Christ was tempted and without sin. But we will need forgiveness. And if somebody thinks he's doing so well and says, oh, I'm perfect, well, why does Jesus Christ sit at the right hand of God interceding for us? Because we do fail and need his forgiveness. And let it be those things, let them be those things that, as Judas, let them not be as Judas who premeditated and worked at it and finally fell. Yes, we may stumble, but he's able to pick us up and he has given us the church, the brethren, to help one another. The working of the Christ, the body of Christ. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. It is certainly amazing how God saw it fit to preserve his word throughout the ages and how this word can speak to us if we only are willing to heed it. Jesus Christ said, my word are life and spirit. It's a life, this word. It's God's communication speaking to us while we can choose. And what a blessing it is when we heed it and order a life according to it. It seems that those that have been raised their faith often take quite a time to decide and to follow Jesus Christ. And then it takes those that come from a different background and say, oh, I remember one saying, I could knock their heads together when they don't realize what a blessing it is that they are still holding out of. May the Lord bless his word to help all the honor and glory. Amen. This concludes our service.